Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. is Tech News Today for Thursday, May 5th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at freshbooks.com. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Maya Zaktar. And I'm Jason Howell. All four of us back together yeah. again. Yay, dream team. For Cinco Boom. de Mayo. Yes. Do you shoot we baskets roll. on Cinco de Mayo? Well, we were the dream team. <laughs> oh, the dream team was oh. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Duncan. On Cinco mm. de Mayo. I, and there are four of us for Cinco de Mayo, which would be a cuatro. But we have uh, some uh, t- uh, news tidbits coming up from Steve Gibson. So, he's the first so that's thing. a fifth. Makes our fifth. That he's works. our that numero counts. cinco. Yeah. Is he going to bring us margaritas? I only wish he could. Yeah. I'm sure he There's wishes he could. There's a security issue, I think. Yes. They, he couldn't figure out how to reverse hash those hash there you go margaritas. thanks for trying gibbs appreciate it yeah i will never call you william again uh no we we, we <laughs> talked to steve right. uh we talked to steve earlier today he, he wasn't able to to be around uh during the live show but uh we did a, get a chance to chat with him about the last pass intrusion uh tuesday morning last pass which is a uh, an online password storage uh service which Leo and Steve have recommended mm-hmm. for, for years. I've started using it as, as well. Uh, they saw a network anomaly, uh, also noticed an anomaly in the opposite direction from the database that stores all of the encrypted passwords. Uh, so rather than go, well, we can't really tell what happened. Uh, let's pretend not worry about it. They immediately went online and said, you know what? We need everyone to change your passwords uh, just to be safe. Uh, strong non-dictionary passwords should be okay anyway, even if somebody got into this database. Uh, but let's let's talk to Steve uh, and, and hear what he said earlier uh, when I asked him how likely this is to be the uh, the work of some malicious bad guy. I think because everything that they get from and send to their users is deeply encrypted, they're not even able to see into it. So all they really know is that they detected something like unusually higher band bandwidth weren't able to account for. And so, I mean, even that was enough for them to say, whoa, you know, you know, we don't really know what that is or why it is. So on the off chance that there was like some sort of an intrusion, we're going to really play it safe and ask people to change their master password. Now, then I wanted to ask Steve uh, what it could be if it wasn't actually an intrusion, uh, is there a possibility that, that this was not nefarious? Well, it could have just been an attempt. Someone could have been, uh, what I what I remember reading is that they saw more data going out than was coming in. And they didn't understand why there was that asymmetry to, you know, the normal um, like uh, requests for, 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 for data. For data. So that, that was enough to cause them to say, well... We don't really know why that's happening, so we're just going to play it safe. 
And then we want to find out what the real risks are. If you're using LastPass and you've got this alert, I know that, that uh, LastPass is being extra careful. What do we really worry about? The potential threat which they recognize is that because if, if it happened that bad guys got, did get their data, data then what, what they would have gotten would have been the sum or you know, some number of users, potentially their email address and a hash of their email address and their username hashed again with the I'm sorry their email address and their and their secret password their master password which is then hashed again with their master password that's what LastPass has and that's what they use to authenticate logons LastPass doesn't have the 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 encryption key which users use on their own local databases which is what is sent to LastPass which is why I like the LastPass system so much so it's not possible for bad guys, no matter how much they try, to decrypt the data that LastPass has. Even LastPass can't do that, and they have all the data in, in their database. The only possibility is that if if users used a simple, basically sort of simple-to-guess password, you know, like a dictionary-based password or, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, the kind of password which no savvy LastPass user would be using anyway, then bad guys who had their email address could do a brute force attack by just trying every possible password in the dictionary, doing those hashes to see if they can get an authentication. Then they could, they could that would allow them, if they could do that, to impersonate the user to LastPass which would allow them to acquire the database and and then have access to it. Ba ba basically, they would brute force figure out what the user's password was. So that's why the LastPass guys said, "Okay, you know, we're we're almost certainly overreacting, but this is a time when it's better to be safe than sorry. So we're just going to ask everybody to make to you know to change one password, that master password, and that will protect them." At least that, that's the hope anyway. And uh, I tried to change mine earlier today. The problem was uh, so many people are trying to change them at the same time that you can't, you can't actually get through to the site. Uh, they're, ha they're having a hard time handling all the traffic. There was also some uh, errors that people were getting where um, uh, LastPass was saying, oh, you're, you're trying to get in from a mobile device, but they weren't. So obviously it's just they've got a lot of volume to do. And there were some issues point. with people saying, oh, my, my password database is scrambled now, and that's because they can't actually connect to LastPass because of all the traffic. Uh, so it's kind of a mess right now. But but the takeaway is if you had a secure master password, in other words, if it wasn't a dictionary word, if it was long enough uh, that it couldn't be brute forced easily, you're probably okay until the traffic dies down. You should still change your password anyway just yeah. to be safe. There's a couple of ways you can still keep tabs on this. Uh, the blog at LastPass is still up at blog.lastpass.com because that's hosted on Google. And their site, their own servers are kind of offline due to this whole uh, problem. And on top of that, you can check their Twitter. They're at LastPass. Uh, this reminds me, uh, last month we covered a story. The U.S. government put out its national strategy for trusted identities in cyberspace, saying passwords were broken. Now, they were saying things like we should use smart cards. And when the DOD used smart cards, they saw a ton of, of this stuff go down. Like 46% uh, network intrusions were dropped. So 
Do you think this whole these whole series of events that we've been seeing with Sony, LastPass, and like everything else, does this mean that passwords are just done? No, I don't think it means passwords are done, uh, but it does point out the uh, the importance of of having a better identity system that we have now. I, I think it would be nice if they were done. Uh, unfortunately, we're not. They're not going to be done anytime soon. I have to say, LastPass. I mean, a lot of people are obviously, uh, understandably, really upset about this. And if you can't get into, imagine if you couldn't get into all your services because none of your passwords were. I mean, what a what a mess for some people. But I feel like they've been as transparent as they could possibly be. They're erring on the side of caution. They're they're uh, they're informing everybody uh, more than they need. Well. Maybe not more than they need to, but certainly if you compare it to something like the Sony story that we've been following, I've, they've been they've been really well, they took up front a week with to everybody. Tell anybody, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I got a hand it to LastPass for saying, listen, this is exactly what's going on, and we just want to be extra careful. So here's what we're going to do, and it's going to be a pain in the you know what, but it's better than um, compromising data. Look at that, a security company being good at security. There you go. Yeah, I also at reply them because I want to know if this affects Xmarks users because LastPass right. bought them, and I still haven't gotten a reply. So if you're out there. I'd like to know that. Yeah. I use X, X marks. Uh, uh, assuming it doesn't since they didn't say anything about mm-hmm. it. But yeah, it'd be yeah, nice to know I didn't see anything sure. in the comments or their blog either. So kind of curious. Uh, Hearst Corp has signed on to sell magazines through iTunes, uh, being the first major publisher to bring their magazines to Apple and let them take their 30% cut. This will start with the July editions of magazines like Esquire, Popular Mechanics, and I know Iaz's favorite O. Yeah, because Oprah's Oprah. on the, it's a lot easier. It's really easy to find because Oprah's always on the yeah. cover. Subscriptions are dollar ninety nine a month uh, and nineteen ninety nine annually. Hearst says it will eventually sell newspapers this way as well. Uh, there's also a service trying to get publishers to be able to sneak around the Apple Cut called Udo. Y U D U. They have Reader's Digest and Haymarket on board. I don't know that anyone reads those. Actually, I'm sure one of you out there reads those. Reader's Digest is a favorite um, in doctor's doctor's offices offices. (laughs) nationwide, perhaps worldwide too. Yes. Why is that? What is it about Reader's Digest? Anyway, offensive. You do delivers uh, publications through through the App Store, even when payment is made direct to the publisher. So we'll see how long they last. Uh, Right now, they're approved by Apple. They may not make it past the June 30th deadline. Their 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 time is 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 is. the time is ending. But now we see, so we see Hearst sure playing ball and saying they negotiated an agreement, although it doesn't seem like Apple had to change anything. Uh, Daily Telegraph from the UK also joining iTunes. Uh, this, this is starting to remind me of the music store when all they had was Universal, mm-hmm. of yeah. television downloads when all they had was NBC, and everyone said nobody's going to play along with Apple, nobody's going to go with these terms, and eventually everybody did, and everybody joined those stores. Yeah, Hearst is the first major publisher to go along with this. And if people have forgotten somehow, I mean, Apple takes 30% of a of the cut on this. And they have really stringent policies on how the subscription pricing can be on top of this. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see if is, is everyone else going to fall into line? Is that what you're really Well, and we had, that, uh, we had the uh, article about Time, uh, Time Warner and their publications coming to an agreement to give access to subscribers for free i bet by june 30th we find out there's another half to that deal and they're the second big major publisher and i think eventually they all fall in line 
Maybe they were waiting to see how all those Android tablets shook out because that didn't really work so well. Like Zoom didn't take off, and there's a bunch of them coming out right now, and they haven't really made a huge dent in the marketplace because I think I saw a study, something like uh, iPads are still like 82% of the tablet market. Because of that, they have to to work with Apple to make this work. Well, I mean, you figure um, whatever uh, processing, you know, and the actual paper that it takes to generate all these magazines per month, eventually that will be phased out. It's not perfect yet. But eventually it'll be phased out. Cost will be saved. And maybe the magazine publishers figure they're going to end up on top anyway, even with Apple taking that 30%. Yeah, just because they can reach a bigger audience. Yeah. Uh, Skype is the bell of the ball. Facebook and Google both standing down below their balcony, throwing up roses, playing serenades, trying to buy them. Holding because, jukeboxes Because obviously they haven't upgraded to Skype 5. Right, because they don't know. Uh, Reuters reports Facebook and Google are considering a partnership or acquisition of Skype. Facebook has already got a partnership with uh, with Skype, allowing Facebook contacts and news items to be imported into Skype, although not the other way. You can't get Skype in Facebook. Facebook uh, uh, has apparently uh, had internal discussions with Mark Zuckerberg about acquiring Skype. Uh, Skype has an IPO on the books later this year, so that it means that Folks want to get their bids in now before that IPO comes out and the stock price goes up. Uh, Google has reportedly had early talks about a joint venture of some time. But remember, Google competes more directly. I mean, Facebook has uh, voice chat and, and, and whatnot, but Google has Google Voice and they, had the Giz- they bought the Gizmo project. Uh, and they have Gtalk, which does video chat. Last time Skype got bought, it was by eBay. And the concept was that you would talk to sellers and, and, and buyers mm-hmm. and they would communicate and that's why you're on eBay, because you don't want to talk to the person. It makes a lot more sense for something like Facebook to actually have an official app, because I know that we talked about something like Bobsled, which is run by T-Mobile. So you can do voice chat, but that's an unofficial application. It's not Facebook's official thing. So it would make sense for Facebook to get it. Google, I don't really understand, because they have their own infrastructure. They did buy Gizmo 5. They run stuff on SIP, unless they just want to make sure Facebook doesn't, doesn't get, get them. It. That's yeah, the only reason right. I could think of, that they would bother to do this. Well, and they get a lot of customers, big customer base already. Yeah, I mean, we try to add people on Google services. We try to add people on Google Talk, and it's kind of a pain. So maybe this Skype technology. Yeah, can can you imagine if they took Skype and rolled it into Google Voice and G Talk as one big uh, product? Yes, I could imagine that. And it sounds like a mess, but I can imagine. <laughs> the interface would be gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, it's so Google a, Talk a, or a real beaut. does phone calls, too, right now, yeah. too. So it's, yeah, it does. They're already, they're already in this kind of dabbling in the field. So right. maybe if they want to just buy something wholesale, this is it. I want someone who does interfaces to buy Skype. Maybe, in, Or maybe Skype should just buy an interface company. Anyway, uh, let's take a quick break and thank our sponsor, FreshBooks. If you're a small business owner, consultant, or freelancer... Uh, you probably love having your own business, but you do not love invoicing uh, people. You can quickly and easily create and send professional-looking invoices, upload your company logo. Clients can download a PDF of the invoice, get it emailed. Uh, It's really, really easy to do, and you don't have to hammer them for payment. Automatic reminders go up, go out. You can see when they pay. The client likes it because the client can actually pay you in 11 different methods, including PayPal and credit cards. So it's easy for you to collect your money. You get up to three clients for free if you do any kind of invoicing. You want to try this out. They've been doing it since 2004. I've used it. It's super easy. And if you try out FreshBooks today and tell them Tech News Today is where you heard about it, you could win a cake. 
A cake? I said a cake. Oh, like an edible cake? Well, yeah. I didn't, I didn't like want to drop the cake. this kind of cake that Ayaz has it's right in a here. a tin. It comes so, in, packed in dry ice in a yeah, tin. so we, you know it's what? safe. Because wow. I, I signed up ah, for FreshBooks. And, uh, <laughs> you did. Yeah. We've actually wanted... talked about that when with the cake costume. And they are, they, the I got the cake. Come. Okay, it's freezing. I didn't miss I'll cake today. Well, it's very cold. Let me the cake is not a lie. It's actually inside there. It's true. So should we open it? Yeah, we, we should. But uh, you go ahead and open it, and I'll tell folks. Remember, go to FreshBooks.com, okay. sign up for a free account. You get up to three clients for free. Uh, they'll even print out and mail invoices if you're saying, ah, I got old-fashioned people. Uh, it, it only costs you a buck thirty-nine per invoice uh, if you want to have them mailed out, but you can email for free. And if you have over three clients, it's really affordable. Check them out, Fresh, FreshBooks.com. Be sure to say Tech News Today sent them, and then you can get uh, signed up for the free cake. It's wow! It's, it's really well again. protected. It's, it's, it's like a Russian doll. You, oh, this is so nice! Ooh. Look, we got cake. It's 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 like wrapped in. It's in a tin and then shrink wrapped and then wrapped in plastic, like Laura Palmer. I'm a, I guess. I don't. Would you, would you like to do the? I don't know that we have time waters? to get in there. No. Try to get it out of there. I think maybe we'll after, hand that after off, the show, yeah. we'll have a cake party. We'll hand that off to Liz wow. and uh, try not to eat all of it out there. There's the cake. The, it's uh, like a it's game a, of Twister. There it is. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it is. Do Except not don't play step Twister on, on the cake. No. Please don't step on the cake. So, yeah, we probably want to just... It'll be a it'll Don't be use a the exacto show. knife to cut the cake, either. Well, it's I was the most using it to cut the box outside of the cake. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we probably should turn in this into a regular segment. It's time for our Sony update. Oh, Sony. Anonymous. PlayStation. Uh, has, has issued a lengthy statement denying involvement in Sony hacks. Uh, they say, quote, whoever did perform the theft did so contrary to the modus operandi and intentions of Anonymous. If a legitimate and honest investigation into the credit card theft is conducted, Anonymous will not be found liable. That's an official statement, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that speaks for everybody who's ever been associated with Well, no. With Anonymous, Anonymous is a very loose organization. Right. So uh, it's kind of an odd thing to be like, well, we have an official statement from a loose configuration. Yeah. You know, but a non-ops is as close as you can get to something official, yeah, they, and, and they're denying re- I mean, responsibility we've as well. Seen, we've seen them do silly things like pranks, you know, where they've sent boxes and UPS things to uh, executives at, at Sony, and we've seen them do DDoSs a lot, but not credit card stuff. So, I mean, it's true. They haven't seemed to do something like this before, but they have taken out credit card companies with DOSs out there when they when they weren't working with WikiLeaks very well. Now, well, the one time they did an intrusion was H.P. Gary. We talked about that on the show. And uh, they actually bring that up in this letter saying, look, when we intruded in H.P. Gary and found their emails, we uncovered a lot of dirty tricks that people would use to try to make WikiLeaks or other opponents look bad. They're like, so just putting a text file that says anonymous, we are legion, doesn't mean anything. That That's obviously a good trick for somebody who wants to frame anonymous to be responsible uh, for the Sony. And for Sony to actually cite that in their letter to Congress uh, is, is is telling. It's, it's Sony trying to point a finger without pointing a finger. Right, but but in, it's not really compelling. Yeah, in, the, in the letter, they also said, do you know who did this? And Sony's answer is no. Yeah. So they said that we have evidence of anonymous, but... Generally, we have no idea exactly who it is. Uh, in those, in that uh, congressional testimony yesterday, Dr. Gene Spafford of Purdue testified that Sony was using out-of-date Apache web servers and that security experts monitoring forum, forums learned about these and the fact that there was no firewall several months ago. The forum is apparently monitored by Sony employees and discussion was two to three months before the breach. So that makes Sony look bad. And now the New York Attorney General is subpoenaing Sony. Yeah, all like the three different branches of it. Sony Computer Entertainment America, Sony Network Entertainment, and Sony Online Entertainment are all getting uh, subpoenas to come to New York State and uh, do some talking. 
Yeah, that does make them look bad. It's like, hey, three months you had to upgrade some stuff that was uh, that was weak. I mean, it's a big company. It could be a huge that's, bureaucracy, and they're just like, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll that's get to the thing. I mean, and I'm sure that's what the, the situation was because we all, anyone who's worked at a big company knows that sometimes these things happen. At the same time, there's just no excuse because you're a big company. You've got the money. You've got the infrastructure. And look what happened. Mm-hmm. By the way, subpoenaing is now a verb. I just made it up. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Uh, the CEO of Electronic Arts, John Ricciatello, said, Over the coming years, we will transform EA from a packaged goods company to a fully integrated digital entertainment company. In other words, we're transforming EA to a games-as-a-service model. Uh, in fact, he says that their investment in packaged goods versus digital downloads is 50-50 now. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we're, we've been moving towards this for a long time now, and broadband penetration is getting there. So eventually, this will make a lot more sense. I mean, right now, we're not getting super speeds everywhere, right? So if you want to download a whole game that fits on a Blu-ray disc, we're talking that's like 25, 30 gigabytes. You're going to be waiting for a while. So maybe eventually this will make sense. But what happens to consoles and things? Are they going to have hard drive space problems? They're, well, they there are downloadable content is already huge on consoles. So I think consoles be either go away and get replaced by desktop gaming. Desktop gaming makes a comeback. Uh, or they become more like specialty PCs where they have a lot of hard drive space. Uh, or there's something like OnLive. Don't forget about OnLive, which allows you to stream games right to your 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 device without having any storage space at all. Right, but that really depends on speed at this point. I mean, you, you're going to need a really large pipe to get this kind of content fast enough. Because we're talking OnLive about- works pretty good, even on uh, even on DSL connections. So do you think EA by just have to be this, close to the servers? EA it? saying this publicly. I mean, they're they're a giant company, and this makes a lot of sense considering a lot of their games are sequels already. So it's like Madden 2000, 2001. It's like, it might as well be downloadable content, what they've done to the changes. Their digital revenues have already been growing, too. I mean, up from this time last year to uh, $211 million, uh, versus $144 million last year. I mean, that's a huge jump. It's like, yes, that's where you should be going. Obviously, people want to do that. They don't want to go to GameSpot. Yeah, and and it's and it can be the games that are normally packaged on, on, a, on a CD or a DVD just available for download that is the digital experience that you know that's counts as the digital side digital revenue i'm just curious to, i'm just wondering if any company's like no we won't do this i mean this is just a logical step isn't it yeah i think i, I don't think it's going to happen overnight you're not going to walk into gamestop one day and see the shelves empty uh but as much as they're fighting against used sales and all of that i think they realize now yeah, we look at steam over there and their business model and they're raking it in hand over fist and people love them why are we messing with packages and trucks and Well, I mean, look at the music that. industry. Yeah. Look at the movie business. I mean, it's all the same trend, right? Yeah, they drag their feet, though. Well, yeah. I mean, this is all going to take some time, but everyone's moving in the same direction. Where, yes, there are still going to be stores where you can go in and buy some sort of a DVD box set type of a thing. Right. But more and more people are, are going to find digital ways to, to buy stuff. They don't have to make the effort. 9 to 5 Mac has uh, some interesting rumors for folks who like the iPhone. Multiple sources informing it that Apple and Verizon are scheming up to start delivering iOS updates over the air. Hey. Starting this fall, as soon as iOS 5 is made available. Now, would this just be available uh, for Verizon iPhone users? Well, that's the the problem. The 9 to 5 Mac just says they know a source that says Apple and Verizon are working on this. One would assume that Apple wouldn't just work with Verizon, that they'd work with... Because it's an iOS and Rogers thing, and Orange would, and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. They'd have the capability to do this with everyone. But I guess they have to 
do deal by deal. So well, we had this uh, this iOS update that we talked to Ina about yesterday, 600-plus megabytes, mm-hmm. though. That's not going to work. If everybody's pumping that into their iPhones, the carrier's not going to want to deliver that. What they're going to have to do is roll out these tiny little updates, almost like apps, I guess. It's like one little bug fix, new update, rather than bundling it into iOS 5, this great 600-megabyte thing, because the carrier's not going to Kind of the way Chrome updates, exactly. just kind of slowly in the background, Kind of in the background, the and it's it, very rarely is it going to be anything that you even notice, just little incremental upgrades. I mean, this, I, when I see this, I see the same problem with the EA thing. It's like, is there enough bandwidth to do this? I mean, like we were saying, 660-something megabytes is what I saw in the Engadget post mm-hmm. for the last update in iOS. So assuming iOS 5 is like this thing that's a... a, a an update that allows you to update it slowly so you don't need to do these major changes like you're saying, Sarah. So these little changes that are just adding and adding and adding. That's all right. But I mean, if it's, I'm seeing, I'm expecting this 5.0.1.2, like that that kind of changes, not these giant ones. iMac AZ, I think, nailed it. He said they could promote the update over Wi-Fi. In other words, if you want wireless update, got to be connected to Wi-Fi for it. Otherwise, forget about it. You're not. How does it work with Android? Do you, do you get your uh, updates? Because you get over-the-air updates on, on yeah. Android phones. Yeah. Uh, do you have to be connected to Wi-Fi? I haven't noticed that at all, no. no you just get them over-the-air. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's and the carriers no are already dealing with that, and those, are, sure. those are not tiny updates. No. I, you know, I know at least for the ROMs that I download, I haven't tracked like an actual OTA update for, for Android, but I mean, those are like about 80 megs or so. Okay, so they're so just going to be smaller. Yeah. And uh, they do take a long time to do over-the-air updates sometimes. I've noticed that on the Nexus S anyway. Oh, to download the OTA To do over-the-air sometimes it's like... Sometimes it can take a little bit. I guess it it, it all depends on how big OTA updates are. Absolutely. Uh, Finally, Marissa Meyer explained Google's social strategy while speaking at a social loco conference in San Francisco. Uh, She said, our social strategy is to help users connect with each other. That's a good idea. That's getting to the nub of it. Well, it's a little crazy. But social maybe just so crazy, so crazy it might it work. Might work. Uh, okay. She did, she did explain further. But it's funny to me that mo- a lot of the, uh, the people quoting her are quoting that and then making some snide comment. It's like, well, okay. So she started with a topic statement. Uh, the other three things, she, they broke it down into three types uh, of, of, stra- of part, three parts of the strategy. Exploration and discovery, interactivity, and new perspectives. Because their old perspective isn't working at all. No, it's giving you a new perspective. Giving me a new one. Yes. So I have to be positive now. So you explore, uh, Mm -hmm. then you interact, and you gain a new perspective. Okay, so Google Plus One would be a great example of the strategy. However, who is using that? None of my friends, because I'm not seeing any Plus Ones anytime I do a Google search, and I'm looking. Mm-hmm. I even plus one every so often if it's like, oh, this is a site that a lot of people would like. I'd- I've never plus one You haven't? No. I you haven't lived yet. Plus, I- plus, plus one? Plus, I haven't I don't know. plus one. Yeah, we, we've gone around this yeah. one a few times. I mean, she but- could be pushing this because all the bonuses are still tied to this, right? I mean, that's what Larry Page said. 25% of your bonus is tied to the social strategy, and now they have one to connect people. There you go. So... Uh, Marissa, who is VP of Location and Local Services, also said Google's location-based services are growing fast. Uh, Google Places now has 5 million user ratings and reviews, and it adds 1 million ratings and reviews each month. They also uh, introduced at this conference Google Business Photos and Google Earth for Android. Google Business Photos is actually seeing inside of 
of businesses. It's not like just like, oh, great, there's like a giant Verizon logo. It's like if you wanted to know like the layout of a mall or something, you could do that virtually. So it's not, it's, it's got a lousy name, but it's actually interesting. But I like that. I like Because a lot of times when you are in those big sprawling shopping centers, you're like, okay, I know the address, but that doesn't help me. Where is it? Everything is at this address. There's like 500 stores here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to the news fuse. According to an SEC filing, Barnes & Noble will announce a new e-reader May 24th. Best guesses are that it could be a new e-ink version or a nook color with honeycomb. The odd admission was made as part of an 8K report and, according to Barnes & Noble, was filed, quote, to satisfy the requirements of Regulation FD. That regulation was put in place in 2000 to address concerns over insider trading. Good way to introduce a new co- uh, product, though. I like it. Hey, Tom, yeah? uh, do you know what time it is? Uh, it's about 3.41. No, that's not true. It's class action lawsuit oh, time. Oh, right. My yes. favorite time of the day. And this is the time where six major companies, including Apple, Google, Pixar, and Intel, are being sued for anti-competitive employee solicitation agreements, which pretty much means they wouldn't poach each other's employees and fixed wages. The fun part is that the companies already admitted that they did this to the Department of Justice, so ought to be a quick case. That's so fast. And I lost my place. So bankrupt Nortel is in the process of selling its patent portfolio, and Google has already offered the paltry sum of $900 million to get Nortel to give those patents over. A new challenger has arrived. RPX wants those patents, too. Probably because they are a professional patent buying firm. That's actually what they do. Uh, Due to some bankruptcy rules, RPX has to pay at least $929 million. Let the bidding war commence. Google's got cash, though. I don't know. Uh, Intel's wireless display technology lets you stream HD content from select laptops to an HD TV. You can use a little small adapter to do that. But it hasn't played so nice with DVDs and Blu-ray. Now, everything has changed. Intel is supporting HDCP protected discs along with some uh, protected online content through a free driver update. One catch, it only applies to Sandy Bridge laptops. Mm. So you got to buy a new laptop, then you can watch your DVDs on it. Tom, how's that playbook working out for you? I actually use the playbook uh, quite frequently to watch Flash video. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Boy Genius reports that Rim is working on another playbook already. So you're holding a dinosaur, dude. A Flash playing dinosaur. Dinosaur? Well, almost. What makes this one different is uh, than the, the playbook that Tom already has. Does it come with a native email app, for example? We don't know, but it will likely have a 10-inch screen. So sometime around the holidays, you may have your choice of a 7-inch or a 10-inch playbook. Mozilla officials have refused a U.S. government request to ban a Firefox add-on that helps people access sites that use Internet domain names confiscated in an unprecedented seizure earlier this year. The add-on Mediafire redirected users to, to domain names beyond the reach of U.S. customs officials where possible. Mozilla General Counsel Harvey Anderson said there was no court order, so Mozilla doesn't even have to comply with ICE's request. I think it's Mediafire because there's two A's. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, dentist. Think of dentist. Uh, Media uh, fire. It's mafia fire. So, um, oh, mafia fire. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was the... So, Ayaz, um, do you watch HD streaming video from Amazon? All the time. Do it on a slow connection. Okay. Apparently, if the HD stream buffers, they step it down to SD for uninterrupted streaming, but then they feel bad about it. And Amazon's sending out credits for high-definition video on-demand rentals or purchases that may not have actually achieved sustained HD streaming. Has this happened? Yeah, I've actually done this once. Really? I've How much did you get? A whole dollar. A buck. Well, yeah, I've only rented one okay. HD. Rich man. 
Mm-hmm. You know what? It, they're going to end up getting more out of him because he'll be like, oh, I'll just buy this movie. It's $9 instead of 10 That's right. I'll wait, I'm waiting for the $0.99 cent Steve <laughs> Rental. You're insane. The Seventh U.S. Court of Appeals, uh, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, rather, upheld the firing of a Wisconsin high school biology teacher and union president for viewing thumbnail images of porn for one minute. Robert Zellner, an 11-year teacher, claimed his 2006 termination for typing blonde, the word blonde, into Google search bar, was in retaliation for his constitutionally protected criticism of his employer. So be careful what you search for if you're at work because your work computer is not yours. Apparently he had safe search off, but he's a biology teacher. Yeah, we want to look up anything related to biology. It probably hey, wouldn't show up. It's biology, you guys. You wouldn't you can't up, help it. Why is he looking up blonde? It's What's up with that? It's just biology. He had to look <laughs> up. Maybe he wanted he, to have more fun. Maybe he's a really big fan of beer. He's looking for a blonde. Wait, yeah. He finish. Instant search got him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Next, next I time. I like that Shiner box. Search for Porter, dude. Search for <laughs> Porter. All right. Finally, flexible paper phone from researchers at Queen's University in Ontario, Canada. Uh, we're talking like a real flexible phone here. It's using uh, e-paper. So you curl the corners of the device, not just for show, because folding is how users navigate menus and make calls. Yeah, there's like resistive sensors back there. So when you use, when you actually turn or move the actual piece of paper or plastic there, it's going to activate things like contacts. Or if you're reading a book, you can turn the page by actually bending the plastic. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But they're using e-ink and, and flexible electronics. So I like it. I mean, I know it's just a demonstration, but... I mean, a lot of people are going to try to end up swiping and trying to use it the way people have gotten used to using touchscreens, and they'll get very frustrated fast. Yeah, absolutely. I hope it's waterproof. Be kind of cool. Just get into a pool. Just, just laminate it. Bending stuff. Just keep it in your pocket. Just laminate it. Yeah. Hold on, it's my phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the calendar. Let's. My goodness, Jason. All right, CTRC has set a target of five. Megabits per second broadband for all Canadians by 2015. So that's not next year or the year after that or the year after that. But 2015 is still kind of right around the corner. Today is Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. Yes. Uh, after that comes Saturday and next is Sunday. Today is the anniversary of the release of Wolfenstein 3D. That was oh, way back in yes. 1992. You guys remember? Became the most successful of the early first-person shooters. It spawned Doom. I have nothing and to say. Quake. To that. 1992. I was sophomore in high school. I wasn't playing Wolfenstein. I was I didn't graduating know about college. It yet. Were you playing Wolfenstein 3D? I did at Wolfenstein 3D on my Packard Bell. Mm, Packard Bell. Well, I, I know that 50 years ago on this day, you weren't uh, the first American in space, but you know who was? Alan Shepard. That's right. Alan Shepard. Happy anniversary. Godspeed. Of, Alan your, of your space. Second man in space. Pretty 15 cool. 15 minute flight. And first American. Motorola Mobility and Sprint today jointly unveiled two new Android smartphones, the Titanium and the XPRT. They're going to um, target the business market. They look about the same, people put one-inch touch screens, QWERTY keyboards, but the XPRT is kind of that sleek-looking smartphone, and the Titanium, they say, is built military-grade tough and will handle dust, shock, vibration, low pressure, solar radiation, and high and low temperatures. It's like a phone for Patrick Norton, if I ever heard of one. Seriously. Samsung's Infuse 4G with its 4.5-inch Super AMOLED screen and 21 megabits per second capability is coming to AT&T on May 15th for $200. 
And according to a research note released by Goldman Sachs today, the world's rare earth supply deficit will probably reach its apex this year before converting into a surplus by 2013. I'm a big fan of rare earth records, so I'm glad we're not going to see them run out. Me too. Oh, wait. This is the metals. Rare earth was more of a groove band. On to the voicemails, 260-TNT show. Corey wants to talk about version numbers. Okay, Corey. Oh, boy. Lay it on this us. This should be fun. team, this is Corey from New York City. There's been a bunch of talk lately about how 6.1 for, I guess, Windows 7 and BlackBerry OS went to 7, and they're not the first people to do it. If anybody remembers Winamp, the media player, went from versions 3.5, 3.6, all the way to 5. And their claim was, it's so good, we skipped a number. So I thought you should know or remember that they were not the first people to do it. And I'm sure Winamp wasn't even the, uh, the first company in Nullsoft was the first company to do it. Something to keep in mind. Thanks for the good show. Well, but oh. do they really whip the llama's ass? Ah, yes, they oh, used yeah. to. I don't know if they do anymore. No. I think the llama gave really up and th- left. I haven't really thought about that llama in a while. Yeah. We could got jump. tired of being hit. We could jump to episode 300 tomorrow. Why don't we do that? Yeah. We'll just be like, we'll just put a thousand in front of our number instead of two thirty six or two thirty seven. Tomorrow's twelve thirty seven. Yeah, 2, happy hundred thousandth show. Well, now everybody. wait a minute. Winamp is still around. They're doing okay, but they have been. A, you know, people don't, don't use them as much as they used to. Uh, Netscape did this too. Look what happened to them. Not sure that it's the. Uh, You're saying this is a bad thing. Uh, maybe we should just keep our episode numbers where they are. Okay, that's all I'm thinking. Be cool, you guys. Just On be to cool. the email TNT at twit.tv. Sarah, uh, will you do the honors, please? Sure. This one's from Jared. Good morrow, Tom, and the rest of the fine lords and ladies of TNT. Says Why, thank Jared. you. Yeah, thank right. you, Jared. I'm just watching episode 235, which the gang is talking about streaming music services such as Spotify, which is now uh, which has now download packages. You regularly talk about how you wish we had more streaming music services. But I'm not sure I've ever heard any mention of Rhapsody. I've used Rhapsody for a few years, and it's great. You can stream what you want, anytime, or download as much as you want to your computer, iDevice, Android, whatever. It's a service that's available now. It's been available for several years, and it has a really good, massive library. Just saying, maybe give Rhapsody a little love next time. As Three Dog Knight says, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, well, thank you, Jared. I, I do forget uh, to mention all of the other. There's lots of other subscription services. Are there? Uh, yeah. yeah. Could you name any? Um, well, I always seem to mention RDO because I like RDO. I think they're good. But th- don't forget Napster. Mm-hmm. They're the same era as Rhapsody. And there's Slacker and Pandora and Last.fm and Mog and Music Unlimited, Zune Pass, mm-hmm. Groove Shark, mm-hmm. Playlist.com, Django, AOL Radio, Deezer, DI, I Like, Magnatune, Shoutcast, The 61, Yahoo Music, SeekPod, Blip. Live 365, um, do, 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 Mike's Radio World, should, should, Music Mesh. Should I go on? You can. Do I need to re- mention all of these every time? I think every single time. Okay. Each We should just call them collectively, just all of them. Soundpedia. Okay. But, but, but Jared's point is a good one. There are many, many services. Uh, Rhapsody is one. And you just listed 400 of the others. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for watching or listening. We appreciate it. You can find us on the web at twit.tv slash TNT. You can email us, TNT at twit.tv. And you can phone us. Uh, use, you know, using your rotary dial telephone, uh, just <laughs> dial 260-TNT-SHOW and leave us a message. You, c- you could also record an MP3 and, and send it to us or upload a video to YouTube. Send us the link. We'd love to see your face on the show. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Ay, ay, ay.
got that whole chair going right now. Oh, yeah.